Hello, friends. It's September 16th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. Each day we read from the Old and New Testament scriptures according to the One Year Bible Reading Plan, a plan that apportions scriptures so we can complete all 66 books in a year. My name is David McAdam, and I'm happy to serve as your Bible reading coach and offer an explanatory guide to each passage to be sure that you don't let any important truths pass you by. We are in the Old Testament book of Isaiah and the New Testament epistle of Paul to the Galatians. In the Old Testament, we see that the prophets of God were recognized for their accuracy. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 21 through 22, we learn how important this is. And if you say in your heart, How may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. As the prophet Isaiah predicts the judgments that will befall upon both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah, he also predicts what will happen to the nations surrounding Israel. History has proved the accuracy of these predictions. Recently I was rereading Paul E. Little's book, Know Why You Believe, and he makes note of how compelling it is to consider the accuracy of these Old Testament prophets. These Old Testament prophets give specific details, not vague, ambiguous messages such as those found in fortune cookies and carnival fortune tellers that an attractive person is going to come into your life, but the serious business such as the overthrow of nations, giving details about the specific people, the circumstances, and the timeline. We will read several of these predictions today. Paul E. Little writes, A most remarkable one has to do with the city of Tyre in Ezekiel chapter 26. We will read about it also in Isaiah 23. Here details are given as to how Tyre would be destroyed, the utter completeness of its destruction, and the fact that it would never be reconstructed. How this prophecy was fulfilled in stages through Nebuchadnezzar's attack and then through the savage onslaught of Alexander the Great is a phenomenal illustration of the accuracy and reality of predictive prophecy in the Bible. End quote. So let's get started. If you can join me in reading along, that will be all the better. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 1, and we will read through to chapter 24, verse 23. Isaiah chapter 22. An Oracle Concerning Jerusalem The Oracle Concerning the Valley of Vision What do you mean that you have gone up, all of you, to the housetops, you who are full of shoutings, tumultuous city, exultant town? Your slain are not slain with the sword or dead in battle. All your leaders have fled together. Without the bow they were captured. All of you were found and were captured, though they had fled far away. Therefore I said, Look away from me, Let me weep bitter tears. Do not labor to comfort me concerning the destruction of the daughter of my people. For the Lord God of hosts has a day of tumult and trampling and confusion in the valley of vision, a battering down of walls and a shouting to the mountains. And Elam bore the quiver with chariots and horsemen, and Kir uncovered the shield. Your choicest valleys were full of chariots, and the horsemen took their stand at the gates. He has taken away the covering of Judah. In that day you looked to the weapons of the house of the forest, and you saw that the breaches of the city of David were many. You collected the waters of the lower pool, and you counted the houses of Jerusalem, and you broke down the houses to fortify the wall. 
you made a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool, but you did not look to him who did it, or see him who planned it long ago. In that day the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and mourning, for baldness and wearing sackcloth, and behold, joy and gladness, killing oxen and slaughtering sheep, eating flesh and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. The Lord of hosts has revealed himself in my ears. Surely this iniquity will not be atoned for you until you die, says the Lord God of hosts. Thus says the Lord God of hosts, Come, go to this steward, to Shebna, who is over the household, and say to him, What have you to do here, and whom have you here, that you have cut out here a tomb for yourself, you who cut out a tomb on the height, and carve a dwelling for yourself in the rock? Behold, the Lord will hurl you away violently. O you strong man, he will seize firm hold on you, and whirl you around and around, and throw you like a ball into a wide land. There you shall die, and there shall be your glorious chariots, you shame of your master's house. I will thrust you from your office, and you will be pulled down from your station. In that day I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and I will clothe him with your robe, and will bind your sash on him, and will commit your authority to his hand. And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. And I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open, and none shall shut. And he shall shut, and none shall open. And I will fasten him like a peg in a secure place, and he will become a throne of honor to his father's house and they will hang on him the whole honor of his father's house, the offspring and issue, every small vessel, from the cups to all the flagons. In that day, declares the Lord of hosts, the peg that was fastened in a secure place will give way, and it will be cut down and fall, and the load that was on it will be cut off, for the Lord has spoken. Chapter 23 An Oracle Concerning Tyre and Sidon the oracle concerning Tyre. Wail, O ships of Tarshish, for Tyre is laid waste without house or harbor. From the land of Cyprus it is revealed to them. Be still, O inhabitants of the coast. The merchants of Sidon who crossed the sea have filled you. And on many waters your revenue was the grain of Shihor, the harvest of the Nile. You were the merchant of the nations. Be ashamed, O Sidon, for the sea has spoken the stronghold of the sea, saying, I have neither labored nor given birth, I have neither reared young men nor brought up young women. When the report comes to Egypt, they will be in anguish over the report about Tyre. Cross over to Tarshish, wail, O inhabitants of the coast. Is this your exultant city, whose origin is from days of old, whose feet carried her to settle far away? Who has purposed this against Tyre, the bestower of crowns, whose merchants were princes, whose traders were the honored of the earth. The Lord of hosts has purposed it, to defile the pompous pride of all glory, to dishonor all the honored of the earth. Cross over your land like the Nile, O daughters of Tarshish. There is no restraint any more. He has stretched out his hand over the sea. He has shaken the kingdoms. The Lord has given command concerning Canaan to destroy its strongholds. And he said, You will no more exult, O oppressed virgin daughter of Sidon. Arise, cross over to Cyprus, 
even there you will have no rest. Behold the land of the Chaldeans, this is the people that was not, Assyria destined it for wild beasts. They erected their siege towers, they stripped her palaces bare, they made her a ruin. Wail, O ships of Tarshish, for your stronghold is laid waste. In that day Tyre will be forgotten for seventy years, like the days of one king. At the end of seventy years it will happen to Tyre as in the song of the prostitute. Take a harp, go about the city, O forgotten prostitute. Make sweet melody, sing many songs, that you may be remembered. At the end of seventy years the Lord will visit Tyre, and she will return to her wages and will prostitute herself with all the kingdoms of the world on the face of the earth. Her merchandise and her wages will be holy to the Lord. It will not be stored or hoarded, but her merchandise will supply abundant food and fine clothing for all who dwell before the Lord. Chapter 24 Judgment on the Whole Earth Behold, the Lord will empty the earth and make it desolate, and he will twist its surface and scatter its inhabitants. And it shall be, as with the people, so with the priest, as with the slave, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the creditor, so with the debtor. The earth shall be utterly empty and utterly plundered, for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourns and withers, the world languishes and withers. The highest people of the earth languish. The earth lies defiled under its inhabitants, for they have transgressed the laws, violated the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore a curse devours the earth, and its inhabitants suffer for their guilt. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are scorched, and few men are left. The wine mourns, the vine languishes, all the merry-hearted sigh. The mirth of the tambourines is stilled, the noise of the jubilant has ceased, the mirth of the lyre is stilled. No more do they drink wine with singing, strong drink is bitter to those who drink it. The wasted city is broken down, every house is shut up so that none can enter. There is an outcry in the streets for lack of wine. All joy has grown dark, the gladness of the earth is banished. Desolation is left in the city, the gates are battered into ruins. For thus it shall be in the midst of the earth among the nations, as when an olive tree is beaten, as at the gleaning when the grape harvest is done. They lift up their voices, they sing for joy, over the majesty of the Lord they shout from the west. Therefore in the east give glory to the Lord, in the coastlands of the sea give glory to the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. From the ends of the earth we hear songs of praise, of glory to the righteous one. But I say, I waste away, I waste away, woe is me, for the traitors have betrayed, with betrayal the traitors have betrayed. Terror and the pit and the snare are upon you, O inhabitant of the earth. He who flees at the sound of the terror shall fall into the pit, and he who climbs out of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For the windows of heaven are opened, and the foundations of the earth tremble. The earth is utterly broken, the earth is split apart, the earth is violently shaken, the earth staggers like a drunken man, it sways like a hut, its transgression lies heavy upon it, and it falls and will not rise again. On that day the Lord will punish the host of heaven, in heaven, 
and the kings of the earth on the earth. They will be gathered together as prisoners in a pit. They will be shut up in a prison, and after many days they will be punished. Then the moon will be confounded and the sun ashamed. For the Lord of hosts reigns on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, and His glory will be before His elders. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament from the prophet Isaiah. Let's step back and make a few observations. The prophet has been discharging his eleven burdens concerning nine surrounding nations, Babylon, chapter 13, verse 1, through chapter 14, verse 23, Assyria, chapter 14, verses 24 through 27, Philistia, once part of the southern kingdom but recaptured by the Philistines in 730 B.C., in chapter 14, verses 28 through 32, Moab, in chapter 15, verses 1 through chapter 16, verse 12, Damascus, or Syria, in chapter 17, verses 1 through 3, Cush, or Ethiopia, in chapter 18, verses 1 through 7, Egypt, in chapter 19, verses 1 through 23, Egypt and Cush, in chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, a second prophecy regarding Babylon, in chapter 21, verses 1 through 10, Edom, or Duma, in chapter 21, verses 11 through 12, and Arabia, in chapter 21, verses 13 through 16. Now he returns his focus to Jerusalem, in chapter 22, verses 1 through 25. He calls the city the Valley of Vision. The term valley is associated with humility, sorrow, lowliness, and death. A mountain of vision would be understandably referring to getting perspective from a mountaintop, such as Moses gazing over the promised land from Mount Nebo, or Jesus weeping over the city from the Mount of Olives. The picture here is of an invasion, most likely referring to Babylon taking the city under Nebuchadnezzar, or a date in the future. Syria did lay siege to Jerusalem, but did not enter the city. Jerusalem felt the threat of a Syrian invasion, and made every effort to defend themselves. Isaiah's prophecy upbraids them for not trusting in the Lord. Instead, houses were demolished to repair breaches in the city wall and subterranean tunnels were built to safeguard the city's water supply in chapter 22, verses 8 through 11. The crisis called for true repentance, but instead they lived as practical atheists. Instead of inquiring of the Lord, they feasted with the existential philosophy, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Chapter 22, verse 13. Isaiah is moved to tears in chapter 22, verse 4, because Jerusalem relies on its own wisdom and strength rather than calling out to the Lord. He reminds them that they must give a reckoning for their sins, for the wages of sin is death. But the Lord of hosts revealed himself to me, Isaiah says. Surely this iniquity shall not be forgiven you until you die, says the Lord God of hosts. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 14. In verse 15, we read of Shebna, the secretary of the treasury appointed to the house of David under Hezekiah. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 18, chapter 19, verse 2, and Isaiah chapter 36, verse 3, and chapter 37, verse 2. Apparently, he was an unfaithful servant who misappropriated funds. Like a cheap politician, he finagled his way into an office he did not deserve. The Lord promises to oust him from his position in shame. He will be replaced by Eliakim, whom God calls my servant. He is a type of Christ. Unlike Shebna, who is unfaithful and removed from his office, Eliakim will be a faithful, unselfish statesman. 
In many ways, Shebna is a type of the Antichrist, and Eliakim, the true Christ. Notice the language that will appear in the New Testament book of Revelation. Then I will set the key of the house of David on his shoulder. When he opens, no one will shut. When he shuts, no one will open. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 22. And in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, we read, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens. How wonderful to put ourselves in the hands of him who is able to open or close any door. Unlike Shebna, who appeared to have a secure office, but was deposed, Eliakim is given this assurance. I will drive him like a peg in a firm place, and he will become a throne of glory to his father's house. So they will hang on him all the glory of his father's house, offspring and issue, all the least of vessels, from the bowls to all the jars. Isaiah chapter 22, verses 23 through 24. We can hang our lives on that sure nail also. Don't trust in the counterfeit. The following verse foreshadows the demise of the Antichrist and deposing of Shebna. In that day, declares the Lord of hosts, the peg driven in a firm place will give way. It will even break off and fall, and the load hanging on it will be cut off, for the Lord has spoken. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 25. Chapter 23 is the prophecy against Tyre. Tyre and Sidon were the two great cities of the Phoenicians. Sidon was considered the mother city, and Tyre was her proud and prosperous daughter, who eventually excelled her mother's prominence in wealth. Tyre was a symbol of commercial success. Its fleet of ships traded with Egypt, Tarshish on the south coast of Spain, and as far away as the islands of Britannia. We read about the great help that King Hiram of Tyre was to King David as he offered building material for the temple and royal palace in Jerusalem. Here Isaiah predicts that Tyre will be destroyed and taken into captivity for seventy years. Chapter 23, verse 17, even as Judah was. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 26, we will see how accurately the prediction of Tyre's destruction will be. The ruins of the old city will be used by Alexander the Great to build a causeway to the new island city of Tyre. The old city would be scraped, as predicted by Ezekiel, in chapter 26, verse 4. That ancient city, however, will not be rebuilt. Returning ships will one day see that the port city of Tyre has been destroyed. How did it happen? The Lord of hosts planned it, to defile the pride of all beauty, to despise all the honored of the earth. Isaiah 23, 9. At the end of the seventy years' captivity, Tyre resumed its commerce. She is portrayed prophetically as a harlot plying her unholy trade. After the judgment of the Great Tribulation, we see that Tyre will enter the millennium as a strong nation. The daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. The rich among the people will seek your favor. Psalm 45, verse 12. Chapter 24 brings us a new section, but the theme is still judgment. The day of the Lord, as we have noted, begins with the nightfall of judgment, the great tribulation. Behold, the Lord lays the earth waste, devastates it, distorts its surface, and scatters its inhabitants. And the people will be like the priest, the servant like his master, the maid like her mistress, the buyer like the seller, the lender like the borrower, the creditor like the debtor, 
the earth will be completely laid waste and completely despoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. In chapter 24, verses 13 and 14, we learn that the saints are preserved in this period. A remnant will lift up their voices to the Lord in praise. For thus it will be in the midst of the earth among the peoples, as the shaking of an olive tree, as the gleanings when the grape harvest is over. They raise their voices, they shout for joy, they cry out from the west concerning the majesty of the Lord. Therefore glorify the Lord in the east, the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the coastlands of the sea. From the ends of the earth we hear songs, Glory to the righteous one. But I say, Woe to me, woe to me, alas for me, the treacherous deal treacherously, and the treacherous deal very treacherously. Isaiah 24, verses 13 through 16. This corresponds with what Jesus spoke of in Matthew chapter 24, verses 21 and 22. For then there will be a great tribulation, such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. Unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. In that day, we will see that the unseen powers and principalities in the demonic world will be punished. So it will happen in that day, that the Lord will punish the host of heaven on high, and the kings of the earth on earth. They will be gathered together like prisoners in the dungeon, and will be confined in prison, and after many days they will be punished. Isaiah chapter 24, verses 21 and 22. The darkness comes before the dawn. After the judgment, the kingdom reign of Christ comes to full view. Then the moon will be abashed and the sun ashamed, for the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, and His glory will be before His elders. Isaiah 24, verse 23. Now let's move on to today's reading from the New Testament, the book of Galatians, chapter 2, beginning with verse 17 and reading through to chapter 3, verse 9. Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 2, verse 17. But if, in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Chapter 3. By Faith or by Works of the Law O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness? Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, 
preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament, Paul's letter to the Galatians. Paul often anticipates the criticism that people give when they learn that we are justified, that is, pronounced righteous, simply by faith, believing God's perfect provision in the person and work of His Son, Jesus Christ. Does this mean that we are to live lawlessly in sin? No, we are not lawless. Instead of living under the law, the law lives in us in the person of Christ, mediated to us by the Holy Spirit. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And by the way, Paul adds, if there were any other possible way for a human being to made right with God, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross would not have been necessary, and therefore in vain. In chapter 2, verse 21. To believe any other gospel is nonsense, a delusion. Paul says that to turn away from this gospel to another gospel involves bewitching. In illustrating the reality of being saved by grace through faith, he asks them to consider their own story. How did they become Christians? By receiving the Holy Spirit. Not by serving the law, but by believing the gospel. Regeneration is a miracle, and it does not happen through people working to keep the law. It happens by trusting Christ as Lord and Savior. Paul makes it clear that this message is nothing new. Abraham was saved, that is, justified before God, by believing God's promise. Paul directs his readers to Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Then he, that is Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he, that is the Lord, reckoned it to him, Abraham, as righteousness. He also reminds us that we are written about in the book of Genesis. Did you know that you were in the Old Testament? In Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, chapter 18, verse 18, and chapter 22, verse 18. In your seed, that is Christ, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice, because you believed the promise. Now let's go to the reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm 60, verses 1 through 12. And reading today's psalm will be Peter Healy. Psalm 60. O God, you have rejected us, broken our defenses. You have been angry. O, restore us. You have made the land to quake. You have torn it open. Repair its breaches, for it totters. You have made your people see hard things. You have given us wine to drink that made us stagger. You have set up a banner for those who fear you, that they may flee to it from the bow, that your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer us. God has spoken in his holiness. With the exaltation, I will divide up Shechem and portion out the vale of Succoth. Gilead is mine, Manassas is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter, Moab is my washbasin, upon Edom I cast my shoe, over Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? 
Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go forth, O God, with our armies. O grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. Amen. This is another psalm written in the midst of tough times. The psalmist recognizes God's chastisement in his present dealings, but he prays for restoration. He lays claim to the Lord's title, Yahweh Nisi, the Lord our banner, in Exodus chapter 17, verse 16. You have given a banner to those who fear you, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Psalm 60, verse 4. On that basis, he asks for victory over the surrounding enemies. The Lord affirms that he is sovereign over all the nations, the ones Isaiah prophesied about in chapters 13 through 21. The psalmist puts his confidence in the Lord. He knows the purpose of his nation is to display the glory of the Lord, who is his banner of victory. May we do that also. Through God we shall do valiantly, and it is he who will tread down our adversaries. Psalm 60, verse 12. Now let's go to today's reading from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 23, verses 15 and 16. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart too will be glad. My inmost being will exult when your lips speak what is right. This proverbial couplet reminds us of what the Apostle John wrote in his third epistle. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. This proverb describes the joy a parent has when a child makes good decisions. When they speak what is right, it causes their spirit to rejoice. Let's pray together. Lord, your sovereignty is on display in the scriptures as you rule over all. You are the one who raises up and brings low, the nations, the kingdoms, and its rulers. You are the one who gives us the victory. Help us today to be victorious over sin. We pray that the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus will enable us to transcend the downward pull of our old sin nature. Give us the grace to walk in accordance with your word and your spirit. Thank you for concluding our old life in Adam on the cross. We are grateful that the life we now live, we live by the faith of your Holy Son, Jesus, to do what is pleasing to you. May we bring you glory by resting in the sufficiency of Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this concludes our Bible reading tour for today, and God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow, continuing in the book of Isaiah and Paul's letter to the Galatians. We always like to encourage our listening audience to submit any questions or comments that they have. Let us know if this has helped your Bible reading experience. And if you would like to know more about New Life and its ministries, or to receive a daily email with a written copy of our commentary on each day's one-year Bible reading, you can go to our website and subscribe at newlife.org. You can contact us by writing an email to podcast at newlife.org. So as we go from here, our prayer is that your meditation of him shall be sweet. Shalom.